God, you're great and mighty, and we praise the name that's above every name. We thank you, Jesus, for the greatness of your spirit and power. Touch our hearts this day, O Lord God, and accept our praise unto thee. In the name of Jesus, and everybody said amen. amen. I have a Bible this morning. We're going to go to the first book of the Bible, the book of Genesis. That is the book of beginnings or the book of origin. Very glad for each and every one of you that is here this morning. Very nice turnout. We appreciate you being here. Genesis chapter 49. This is where Jacob blesses his sons who become the patriarchs of the tribe. And I'm going to read to you, particularly beginning with verse 22. Joseph is a fruitful bough, even a fruitful bough by a well, whose branches run over the wall. The archers have sorely grieved him and shot at him and hated him, but his bow abode in strength and the arms of the hands were made strong by the hands of the mighty God of Jacob. From thence is the shepherd, the stone of Israel. Even by the God of thy father, who shall help thee, and by the Almighty, who shall bless thee with blessings of heaven above, blessings of the deep that lieth under, blessings of the breast and of the womb. The blessings of thy father have prevailed above the blessings of, thy, of my progenitors unto the utmost bound of the everlasting hills. They shall be on the head of Joseph and on the crown of the head of him that was separate from his brethren. Everybody said praise the Lord. Praise I want to preach for a little while this morning, teach to you about the blessings of heaven on the road to heaven. You may be seated. The Lord bless you. It's a uh, wise thing to learn about the blessings of heaven, to know that God wants to bless your life. The enemy would like you to believe that God is really bad and mean and ugly and going to do bad things to you and, and that he is the cause of problems. But nothing could be further from the truth. Uh, our God, Jesus Christ, he is very interested in giving to you the blessings from heaven. He wants to show you how good life can be here and most especially in the world to come. They got a little out of whack one day and they got a little huffy and a little puffy with Jesus one particular time during the days of his earthly ministry. And um, they began to pop off a little bit and uh, Jesus had to set them straight. 
sometimes, kind of like that little woman whose head was down where her feet were, you know, and, and uh, she had a serious problem physically and spiritually in her life. And imagine walking around with your head down where your feet are. And that's not an easy thing to do just to try it, much less that your system uh, was in such a twisted situation that you had to do it. And um, Jesus seen her one day, and he called her to him. You know, the Lord's going to test out your sincerity. He's going to find out whether or not you really mean business. Now, it would have been very easy for Jesus to walk over to this woman in this condition. would have been no challenge to him at all. He wasn't bowed over. He didn't have any problem with his spine or anything else. And yet he called her to him. And I'm telling you that if you're going to get the blessings of heaven, if you're going to get what God has for you, then you're going to have to be sincere when you say, I love you, God. I want you. I want to live for you. One of the mimes that we do, the song said, I I give it all away. I give it all up. Well, that's easy to mime and sing and say, but not so easy to do when you're doing the favorite thing or things that you have gotten yourself involved with. And instead of setting that on the shelf and time for God, you know, uh, you don't find it so easy to set it on the shelf. So it's, uh, the tests will come, and they'll come daily, and you'll, you'll be tested as to whether or not uh, your words are sincere. If you mean what you're saying, when I hope you're praying, not just putting up words, just lip service, but that our hearts are truly drawing near and close to the Lord with our requests that we're making known unto Him, and our prayers that we're bringing to his altar. So I'm the little woman passed her test. She made her way to Jesus Christ and shuffling over there and kicking up dust inadvertently while she was making her way to him. But when she got there, the Bible said he laid his hands on her and he rebuked a spirit of infirmity. You would be surprised How many times your difficulties are a spirit that is trying to interfere with your life and your godly progress, and how those spirits will come through and be egged on by religiously minded people. You know, they were standing around, and of course they criticized Jesus because he had Loose this woman of her infirmity. He straightened her out. You know, we could all use a good straightening out. Maybe more than once in a while. And we need to, our faith and our trust in the Lord should be such that when he sends a straightening out, that we don't resist it, that we don't chafe under it we don't complain about it, and that we don't show some type of displeasure, but that we would embrace 
this straightening out for what it's intended to be in your life, and that is a blessing. And Lord, you know, not all blessings come in the uh, financial side of things. I'm glad for those kind of blessings, okay? I'm very glad for when the Lord blesses you financially, and we'll get into that in a little while, the Lord willing. Brother Witch, I think you have some company coming. But uh, we got to realize that blessings from the Lord come in all different kinds of forms. And um, it's how you view it, what your attitude about it is. And um, if we are uh, in the flow and in the spirit with the Lord and working with the Lord and not against the Lord, you know, one place talked about they that are of the contrary part. We don't want to be contrary. We don't want to be resisting and going against the flow of God. But that's people that are going to get the blessing of the gift of the Holy Ghost. The Bible said the wind bloweth where it listeth. And it said you hear the sound thereof, you cannot tell whence it cometh, nor whither it goeth. He said so is everyone that is born of the Spirit. Okay, so if the wind blows where it listeth, that means it goes where there's the least amount of resistance. Okay, you see leaves and the wind comes through and those leaves, they're just going all over the place. Wherever the wind takes them, that's where they're going. And so we want to offer no resistance. We want to yield to the Lord. And when you begin to seek for His overall blessing, of salvation, which is the priority. That should be the number one thing on our list. Bless me with thy salvation. That's what I need more than anything else. I need thy salvation. And so, you will repent of your sins. And it's a blessing to get to repent. To tell God how sorry you are for all the things you've done wrong, thought wrong, said wrong acted wrong, and that in telling him that you're sorry, the sincerity of your prayer of repentance is going to be proved out by the change of pattern in your thinking, that the things that you've been doing, by God's blessing, you're not going to do those things anymore. With his divine help, his blessing in your life, his grace, the blessing of His grace in your life, that you're going to do an about-face, as it was said of the man that would become the Apostle Paul. And the Lord told one of the preachers, He said, I've, I've showed him how great things he's going to suffer for my namesake. You mean the blessing of God is, is, not gonna, is just going to not be all giddy, giddy, giddy? No, there's going to be times when it's, it's going to be uh, challenging in your life. Because the devil's not happy about you getting that blessing. And he's going to send, I'm telling you, all kinds of spirits and all kinds of people around from all kinds of directions to try to rob you of the blessing of the Lord in your life. How much of a blessing did it seem like when Mary showed up looking a little larger and she wasn't yet married? And Joseph said, well, I guess we're going to have to get divorced before we officially get married. And the angel of the Lord came by and knocked on his door and said, fear not, 
to take unto thee Mary to thy wife, because that which was conceived in her is of the Holy Ghost. And so Joseph got his assurance of the direction of God, and Mary then was able to proceed with the plan, and of course, when she brought forth that firstborn child and wrapped him in her swaddling clothes, she presented the Savior of the world to the world. And uh, But up to the moment that there came that wedding feast, some 30-odd years later, in a place called Cana, as he sat at that table, and his mother sat next to him, and here came somebody complaining, there's nothing to drink, it's all gone. And uh, Jesus looked at his mother, and his mother looked at him, and she said, hey, they have no wine, they've got nothing to drink. And he said, woman, I always feel like he's a little taller than her when he did that. Woman, what am I to do with this? She just smiled. You know she did. She looked at Peter and James and John and the other disciples. She said, whatsoever he saith unto you, do it. Good faith. I asked him, he's going to take care of it. No matter what it looks like or even what it sounds like, he's going to take care of it. And so when he turned that water into wine, when they did what he told them to do, well, get me 12 jars of water, bring it here, fetch it out, get ready to serve it. And, of course, that's when the bragging came forth about you've saved the best for the last. And they were amazed. And at that moment, a great reproach was lifted off of Mary. For my son, my son, has just performed his first miracle of his earthly ministry. And I was right. That which happened to me was of God. It wasn't the devil. It was God. Now, after all this patient waiting, now I have the confirmation of it. And you have the confirmation of it. You know, when the Spirit of God begins to bring salvation blessing to your life, and you repent of your sins, and you make a change in your direction, places you used to go, you don't go there anymore. The things you used to do, you don't do them anymore. The way you used to talk, you don't talk that way anymore. You're not involved with that kind of lifestyle anymore. You're not hanging in the clubs, and you're not drinking their drinks, and you're not shooting their junk, and you're, you're not gyrating and, and involved with uh, the sensual things of life anymore. But now you've come to a place to where you're ready to be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of all of your sins. That the slate is wiped clean. All the dirt is gone. And God's going to fill you with the gift of the Holy Ghost. And you'll be born again of water and of the Spirit. And you'll have the blessing of God's salvation in your life. And the devil is absolutely going to put you in the scope, in the crosshairs of his scope. And he's, friend, he's going to want you then more than anything because he had you and he lost you. And now he wants you back. And he's going to send everybody and everything that he can after you to wrap you up in carnality, to try to pull you back to Egypt, a type of the world. He doesn't want you. Old Pharaoh don't want you, that devil. He doesn't want you to leave out from under his control. He doesn't want you to go forth in life and worship God. He doesn't want you to go through the Red Sea, a type of water baptism. 
He does not want you to drink from the rock, and that rock is Christ. doesn't want you to have the gift of the Holy Ghost, in other words, so that out of your innermost being, out of your womb, out of the place of birth, will come forth rivers of waters, the gift of the Holy Ghost. He doesn't want that in your life. And when that happens, friend, he's not going to just lay down and die. He's not going to just go away. He's going to try every discouraging trick he can. He's going to try to send people by, make events happen, cause problems in an attempt to discourage you to where you will throw up your hands, not in worship, but in quit. He'll want you to quit. He'll want you to give in. He'll want you to just go back to the way you used to be. Only he's going to bring seven more spirits into your life so, and there'll be worse spirits than the first one that was casted out of your life. And he's going to make it worse for you than it was at the beginning. And that's what your Bible teaches. So you hear me when I tell you, you want the blessings that the Lord has. They begin with this great salvation. But that's nowhere near the end of it. Oh, no. If you will live for God according to chapter and verse, I'm telling you how you can find that road to heaven paved with the blessings of the Lord in your life, okay? It's going to be a beautiful life. It's a great life living for the Lord. There is no better life. It's a privilege to live for the Lord. And I'm telling you, when Jesus Christ laid his hands on that woman, bowed over problem in her life, the religious people gathered around and began to say, you did it wrong. You healed her on the Sabbath day. You're not supposed to do anything like that on the Sabbath day. And how little they understood. Jesus, so many people get mixed up about the Sabbath day. They think here in this time and day which we live that we're supposed to go one day a week and we're supposed to, you know, worship on that day and that day only. I got news for you. There's seven days in the week and I worship God every day. Amen. We're not living for God one day a week and sinning six days. We're living for God 24-7, 365 and a quarter. I want God with me every day, and I want to be with Him every day, every day. People get very mixed up. They want to pull one little thing out of the Scripture and ride it like a hobby horse, have some kind of gimmick. But you know what? You stay with the Word of God in subject matter, and you begin to realize before there was the law, there was a Sabbath or a seventh day given, a day of rest. And there was that which God brought through the law, and He made it clear it was a sign. It was a sign. It wasn't that, and it was trying to separate them to get in a mode of worship and make them realize that they were to set aside worldly things and earthly things and focus on God. Well, then we come to the time in which we live and we are taught that Jesus is our Sabbath and that we live for Him every day and that no man is to judge you in meat or drink or Sabbaths. That's not how it's to be done. And we are to live for God every day. We live in Him and have our life. And we move in Him and we breathe in Him. And we constantly are caught up in the Spirit of the Lord. This isn't something you get on Sunday morning and then go out the door and live like a devil for the next six weeks. Not at all. This is a lifestyle change. And that's why Jesus looked at them, friend, and He said, Oh, I see. 
Here's this woman, and she's got this major problem in her life. A spirit for 18 years has made this woman bowed over in sick. And he said, and I've loosed her from that spirit of infirmity. And you want to talk religion when I'm trying to bring a blessing of salvation to somebody's life? You want to talk to me about your little ideas and things you've made up? Constantly, Jesus told them, you in vain, it's worthless that the way you worship me because you do it according to man's thinking and you cast out and set aside full well reject the words of God. So God says, but you say. And it's always God said, but you say. That seems to be how religion is, isn't it? But we want the salvation of God. We want what God says. And we don't care what you say. It's what God says. It's what that chapter and verse and that subject matter that's going to loose me from the things that are binding me and twisting my life. I want him to straighten me up. I want him to get me uh, going in the right direction here. I, I want things straight in my life. Didn't he say he'd bring down the mountain, bring up the valley, he'd straighten out the crooked, and he'd smooth out the rough. And that's what the Lord wants to do in our lives. And you and I have to Move towards the blessing of the Lord and embrace it. Embrace his blessing. Uh, and that also is found uh, in fella in the temple, in the church house. And he came and they brought the babe, Jesus, to him. And he took that babe up in his arms and said, Now, Lord, I, I can depart, for I've, mine eyes have seen the salvation of the Lord. He knew what he was holding. Do you know what you hold in your hands and wants to be in your heart when you're looking at Acts 2.38 and you repent, you get baptized in Jesus' name and filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost, your eyes are seeing the salvation of the Lord. You just need to obey what you're looking at, what you're seeing. You need to yield yourself. Never mind what they say when they tell you, accept Christ as your personal Savior because those instructions are not in the Bible. That's what they say. You want what God says. How hard is it to repent, to be baptized in Jesus' name, and to be filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost? Three very simple things that bring to you the blessing of God's salvation. You want to let him work in your life. And so he, uh, he took care of the, the naysayers and the criticizers and those that came, the devil sent to discourage people. We had two Young ladies, middle-aged, you know, maybe, I don't know, in their late mid to late 20s, and they came and sat here a couple of Sundays ago. We didn't know who they were. Just figured they were visitors. We're glad they were here. And uh, when service was over, though, they began to, those old spirits, those, you know, there are religious spirits, religious devils. And they begin to just bark out and criticize and say all kinds of negative things. And our, some of our young people begin to wrap them up with chapter and verse. And, and, of course, they had no answers for chapter and verse. They just had their religion. And um, so I walked up after a while, and they looked like they were ready to run out the door right about then. And, but I talked to them very nicely and uh, came down to basically that they didn't believe that water baptism was necessary. And um, I said, so when the Bible said that he that believeth and is baptized shall be saved, you don't believe that, even though it's right there in the Word of God. And uh, Well, we just don't believe it's necessary. And I said, Jesus was baptized, gave you an example, and then he told you 
that he that believes and is baptized shall be saved. How much plainer does it have to be? But there's a wall, and there's a blindness of the mind, and that's what the enemy does. And he'll blind you to scriptures. He'll blind you to chapter and verse. He'll try to trip you up any way he can. And every, every step that you make in the right direction, you're going to have to expect a resistance. We've had people try to come down to the altar. They've, they've testified. They said, I just felt this force just pushing back at me, trying to keep me from going up and having prayer. You better believe it. There are spirits that will bend you over, twist you up, in your thinking, your attitude, to try to keep you from obeying the word of the Lord. But you go ahead and obey it. And you ask the Lord for the blessing of his salvation because he gave that flesh on the cross for you to have that oh-so-great salvation. He did that for you, for me, for every one of us. doesn't matter what country we come from or island. doesn't matter what color or race we are or nationality doesn't matter what language we speak. God is God to everybody. He wants everyone to be saved. And I'm not any part of any devilish bigotry or discrimination. And that runs all kinds of different ways. Not just from one race to another, but all races among each other seem to have a lot of that stuff among them. And you've got to tell yourself, I was um, uh, being introduced to uh, a group of young people that um, they're supposed to have, believe it or not, I think they call it the Williams disease, and um, they, they're missing in their DNA a certain cell, I believe they called it. And, um, but these, these children, even as they grow older, that they are uh, very, very loving, and it doesn't look like they have a bad bone in their body. And uh, so I guess that nasty chip is what got taken out of them. I don't know. But uh, they're just so loving. And um, uh, I'm saying that, you know, there, there, there is that which God wants to put in our lives. And you get this great Holy Ghost salvation. You get this experience in your life. You begin to get the DNA that comes from God. You begin to get the right uh, in, inner mind and heart chemical makeup that God has for us in this oh-so-great salvation. And you're going to be a different person for the good. The change in you is going to be for the good. The, the curse words aren't going to come out because they're not going to be in your mind anymore. They're not going to be in your heart anymore. And him that stole isn't going to steal anymore because that's not the way he's built anymore. And, and people that have done drugs are going to be delivered from the drugs. They're not going to want that. There'll be no desire for that anymore. And, um, you know, we're way ahead of, the, of Alcoholics Anonymous because they have 12 steps. We only have three. Repent, baptize in Jesus' name, receive the Holy Ghost. Okay? So we're nine steps ahead of them. We'll get to it a lot quicker and a lot more thoroughly because the Lord deals with the desire of your heart. And he can take the bad out and replace it with the good. And I'm telling you, the Bible said that the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost, which he gives unto us. And God gives the Holy Ghost to them that obey him. So as you begin to show in sincerity that you really mean business with God, as you show him an obedience to the faith among whatever nation you represent, then he's going to answer you with the blessing of his salvation. 
And he's going to start you on a road that the Bible teaches is straight and it's narrow. It's got boundaries to it. Because without boundaries, we have a tendency to be wandering stars, if you please. And we're just bouncing all over the place, going in all kinds of directions. We're wild by nature. And that's in this nature of this flesh dwells no good thing. And we're wide open for the entrance of every evil spirit. And we find ourselves controlled and subject to wrong things. And it hurts us. It hurts us. It's out to destroy us. But I'm telling you that the Bible said that an abundant entrance is made to us to come into the blessings of God, to come into the salvation of God. It's not some little thing that the world would like to tell you that, you know, we're too strict. It is not that way. The boundaries, the straight of this, the narrow of this is simply to cut you off from the things that would discourage you and destroy you and pull you in wrong directions and try to take you down to a place that was never created for you. And that's hell. Hell was created for the devil and his angels. was not made for you. You've got to hear me when I tell you that the blessings of heaven are there to get you to heaven. And they want to pave the road for you. Take you up to the street of gold, to the walls of Jasper, to the gates of pearl, and usher you right in there. You know, if you've ever gone over by military trail, uh, by Southern Boulevard, you will see certain red-looking towers. And they start off a little taller, and they gradually descend to where there isn't even one. What that is, that's an instrument landing system. And when those big old planes come in from all different places, they go into that in a, in a pattern. And that's designed to guide them in so that they will land on the runway safely. And I'm telling you that Jesus said after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you. He's not only going to give you power, but he said the Holy Ghost would lead and guide you into all truth, that you'll have a built-in Holy Ghost system, a spiritual system that will help you not to go to the right and not to drift to the left, but will keep you between the boundaries headed for that mark, if you please, the mark of God, and put you right on the numbers, put you right on the runway, safe and sound in that place called heaven. I want the blessings of the Lord. I want those blessings in my life. And that's what Jacob pronounced on the, the, the one called Joseph and the, the tribe that was made up of Joseph's children. I want you to be a part of the blessings of the Lord. And everybody said amen. amen. Hear me now from the Word of God. The book of Deuteronomy, chapter 8 and verse 34. And afterward he read all the words of the law, the blessings and cursings according to all that is written in the book of the law. Well, you say, well, I like that blessings part, but I don't like to hear that word cursings. Well, you know, that's like people saying they like to hear that heaven, but they don't want to hear that hell. Well, you know what? I don't blame you. I'd much rather preach about the blessings. I'd much rather preach about heaven. I want to tell you, go to heaven. You don't hear me telling you go to the other place. I don't talk like that. Even if I meant it literally, I don't want to tell anybody. If I have an enemy and they're my worst enemy anywhere, I don't want them to go to hell. And I mean that. That's beyond the, the comprehension of, of horror. You hear me. We want to go to heaven. 
We want our minds on going to heaven. We want our minds on that there are blessings from the Lord that are designed to take us to that place called heaven, to show us one place that said he'll set our feet in his steps. And the steps of the upright and the righteous are ordered by the Lord. But you've got to learn to take orders. You've got to learn to have a hearing ear, seeing eye. You've got to let these things be developed in you. And that's why as we come to the house of God, and as we worship Him, and as we praise Him, and as we call upon His name, that He's going to develop something in our lives. He's going to take you down this blessing road. He's going to show you the blessing of repentance. He's going to show you the blessing of being baptized in His name, Jesus Christ. And He's going to show you the blessing of receiving the gift of the Holy Ghost. He's going to continue from there. That's what you have Romans to Revelation for. To give to you the knowledge of the blessings of the Lord that are going to take you to heaven. One thing to get saved, and we must do that. But it's another thing to stay saved, and we must also do that. And blessings of the Lord are written in Deuteronomy 28, and all those blessings are to those that obey His voice. And the cursings that were mentioned, well, those are the consequences of not obeying his voice. So I, I'm going to tell you, let's do it God's way. Let's learn what God's way is and let's do it his way. And everybody said amen? amen. Now, I don't care how much somebody wants to jig or how much they want to show you their, their, want to emphasize their dance, <laughs> and, um, or they want to proclaim loudly, you know, I had the young men after um, 6 o'clock prayer the other morning. Well, we go each morning, but one particular morning. And uh, we went to have breakfast after prayer, and uh, we were all sitting at a long table. And it's kind of like, you know, had my 12 apostles. I think there just happened to be 12 of us there that day. And, uh, and it varies. It depends whether they can roll out of the bed or they just roll over, whichever way it's rolling that day. And uh, But we had good prayer, and we went to have breakfast, and we pretty much got that down to a science, and so, because uh, we've got some that, you know, they're on a little bit of a schedule early in the morning, and so uh, we were, I had just read the Bible, we usually read something while she's getting our food, and so I was reading uh, something to them, and I had, as I started to read another, another psalm, Psalm 114, and as I was about to do that, um, she came with food, so I set it down on a, on a chair next to me with the Bible open right there where, on it, and we were finished eating, and um, suddenly um, Brother Marvin spoke up and he said, do you have a, a good scripture for us? And I said, well, as a matter of fact, I do. And so I reached over, but just as I did, I saw something out of the corner of my eye, and then I felt something. And, uh, but I didn't interrupt, I just brought the Bible over, and um, just as I began to read, there became a loud voice coming from my right, very disruptive, very and um, I just kept on reading. The guys just kept on listening. And uh, I'm telling you that there are people who are going to do their thing and call it God. Just remember the Bible said that there'll come a time, he said, when they'll kill. Jesus said this, that they will kill in my name and think that they're serving the Spirit of the Lord. Okay? So there's lots of people 
that do their little thing. And it's nothing more than a bad spirit. But they try to cloak it in their religion and try to somehow make it look good. But Jesus made a big difference between self-righteousness and the righteousness of God. Don't make a mistake here this morning. Determine in your heart that you want the real blessings of the Lord. And everybody said amen. amen. I'm going to try to wind up because we're supposed to have a part B here this morning. I'm going to read to you from that uh, part B in just a moment. Uh, Joshua, though, I was thinking about um, what was said here. This also is familiar. Joshua 8 and 34, and afterward he read all the words of the law, the blessings and the cursings, according to all that is written in the book of the Lord, of the law. Everybody said amen. And uh, as you keep your mind on that, then listen to this. Even by the God of thy Father, who shall help thee, and by the Almighty, who shall bless thee with blessings of heaven above, blessings of the deep that lieth under, blessings of the breasts and of the womb, the blessings of thy Father have prevailed. I want you to, I read that to you twice now because I want you to know that the blessing of the Lord will prevail. Jesus said when he introduced the church, the body of Christ, he said that the, the gates of hell shall not prevail against me. Okay? So you want to remember that that the enemy is not going to prevail. He's going to try every way he can to beat you down. He's going to try every way he can to discourage you. He's going to try every way he can to get you to quit, throw up your hands and walk out, or stay home, or miss, or whatever. He's going to try that. So you are being, as Jesus said, Lo, I have foretold you. I have forewarned you. All right? So you should be ready for that. You should be expecting that. He doesn't want you to keep the church schedule. doesn't want you here tonight. doesn't want you here this morning, much less. He doesn't want you to be here for prayer Monday night. He doesn't want you to be here for midweek service Wednesday night. How many of you folks are able to make it through a whole week on one tank of gas? The only one I know is Brandon because he's got a smart car. He's such a smarty. You might want to ask him where he got those smarts from, though. Amen. I have to tell on his wife. I, I told his little girl, I said, I said, girl, you got a very smart mother, but she sure makes some dumb decisions. I told her that to her face, so I'm not hiding anything from her. I'm talking behind her back. But she's making a good decision because she's down teaching a Sunday school class. So we got her going in the right direction. And, uh, you just got to get into church, got to get under the right teaching. We can help you make the, the, the steps and the decision that will bring the blessings to you. Everybody said amen? amen. I know you think I'm big, bad, mean. But you know, if you'll take it, you'll make it. Amen. It'll be an oil unto you. you know, I told one mother one time, and she's sitting here among us, and I'm not calling any names. But she said, um, I said, she was all upset about uh, who her daughter was going to marry. 
And I said, well, I said, um, do you want me to tell you now or wait till the semi runs everything over and then tell you? And she said, no, you tell me now. And I said, well, you know, they're both in this church and they both come through our school and they both leave Acts 238. They've both been baptized. Both have the Holy Ghost. Both living for God. And I kept going on with all the compatibility. <laughs> and uh, so I think that um, two children later, we're all very happy in the church, you know. All right. So stay with the church. Stay with the program. Stay with the blessings that are being laid out for you step by step, stone by stone bringing you right to that place between the gates of pearl on the street of gold. All right? Everybody said amen? amen. All right, I'm going to take a moment here and teach you about another blessing. All right? Now you're probably going to really get quiet. Y'all, I think you've all been attentive and been listening and learning, so I don't mind your quietness. I have no problem with that. I have a feeling we're fixing to go submarine. We're going to really go quiet. <laughs> Because I'm going to talk to you about the key of M. You know what the key of M is? Just wait, you know the key of G, right? The key of M is money. <laughs> I'm going to talk to you about money for a little bit, all right? All right. <clears throat> this is found among many scriptures in the book of Proverbs. And this is good for children to learn at a very early age. But this is uh, Proverbs 3 and 9 and 10. If you'll look there in your Bible, Proverbs. Proverbs 3, 9, and 10. If you have trouble finding that, go find Psalms and just go a little further and you will find the book of Proverbs. I told you that Jesus was baptized because he said he had to fulfill all righteousness. He had to do it right. He had to give the example. And uh, what I'm about to tell you is uh, and teach you is something that I not only have done since I came into church, uh, but also what I continue to do now to this split second, okay? So I'm not, I'm not going to teach you anything that I don't practice myself. Chapter 3 of the book of Proverbs in verse 9 said, Honor the Lord. Now, how many of you believe it's good to honor God? You, know, you, you don't want to dishonor him. So we only got two choices. We either honor him or we dishonor him. So... We want to honor him. Honor the Lord. How do I do that? With thy substance and with the first fruits of all thine increase. So shall thy barns be filled with plenty, and thy presses shall burst out with new wine. Okay? So, I'm going to um, take a moment, I hope on this beautiful whiteboard here. This is where penmanship comes in. Oh boy. I'm going to put the word tithe. Don't gasp. Don't lose your breath. Okay. Tithe, which literally means the tenth, by the way. Okay. And uh, I recently um, had to communicate to a preacher that um, he wants everybody to tithe, but he didn't tithe. I believe we call that hypocrisy. So we've got to, we've got to practice 
what we preach or practice what we witness, but we most especially got to practice what the Bible teaches, okay? Now, we have a pledge on that back wall, a very droopy. I don't know if Omar's tall enough to fix that on that magnet, but um, our pledge, we have recently, um, you know, the Bible said that the Lord told the children, the people of God, to go in and possess their possessions. So we have recently done just that, and it has dropped a bit of an extra financial uh, load on our shoulders. We're not complaining. It just means it's an opportunity for God to work. It always does. As you know, we have stepped out by faith right next door here, and we have built this 22,000-square-foot building that I'm sure we're all a little straining at the, at the bit to get into. We have had some good movement, good answers to prayer of late. But you know how it is. Your, your wife will say, um, honey, do this. Honey, do that. Honey, do the other. So you got a honey-do list. But then just about the time you're about to get to number one on the honey-do list, you finally got that day and time and got everything together, something else happens, like the roof springs a leak or a pipe breaks unexpectedly. And so that number one on the honeydew list just went boom, down to number two, and this other thing just came up to number one. So that's kind of where we're at right now. That was number one, uh, and then we now have, as I said, had to go in and possess our possessions. So we're, uh, we've got a new number one, and along with that, <laughs> along with that, we have a, not only a 1A, but we have a 1B because we have need of a roof. As a matter of fact, in uh, our work in Fort Myers. So we have two very high-profile needs. So we're going to have to get down to honoring the Lord and being faithful and you getting blessed and, and the overall blessings of the Lord flowing like a river. And as I said, I've practiced this over 40 years. I've got people here that have been in this church that have practiced it for probably close to 50 or more years. And... Uh, We'll testify to you, it works, okay? It works. You honor the Lord, and he'll take care of everything, okay? He'll take care of everything. And I hope you believe what I'm telling you. I hope you have faith. All right, so let me um, give you an example, all right? Let's say that uh, annually, let's just say that you're income is $40,000, all right? This is for the year, annually. So that means that you're going to give 10 for the year, so you're going to give $4,000. Over the year, now most of us, it's a every week or every two weeks. So let's just say that every week you get $400, and it's called gross. That's not what the kids do when they go, oh, gross. No. This is the gross that means before Uncle Sam gets his, his offering. <laughs> okay? So $400, let's just say that's your weekly paycheck. Okay, let's say it's per week. All right. Then your tithe would then be $40. 
okay, for a week. All right? How many still with me? <laughs> okay, okay. I know I got a few up here saying I'm not too good at math. Okay, but hang on. We'll try to help you out. Okay, so we always honor God on the growth. We don't give Uncle Sam first bite. We give to God first fruits. So after we give to God, then Uncle Sam has taken his, and what's left, 90%, that's yours. Now, I will tell you that you are accountable to God for what you do with your 90%. So, you know, don't be wasteful. Be accountable to the Lord, okay? Now, of course, there are spirits that would like to get in somebody's head right now and say, I ain't never going to give no time. All right. All right. Well, when you do that, just remember, you just dishonored God, and you're just saying, I don't want those blessings. Okay? I had a man one time, and he um, I sat him in a chair, and he said that he wanted to be blessed. And I said, you do, Yes, I do. I said, okay. I said, so you're, are you telling me, for an example, I said, if, if you're blessed with $100, you're going to give God $10? Yes. And I said, and if you're blessed with $1,000, you're going to give God $100? Yes. And I said, if you're blessed with $100,000, you're going to give God ten. Yes. And I said, if you're blessed with a million, you're going to give God $100,000? No. That's what And so, you know, and so somebody said, you hear that? He said if God gave him a million dollars, he wouldn't give God the time. I said, don't worry about it. He won't get the million. <laughs> and don't even worry about it. Don't even worry about it. So, you know, if we just learn God's way of doing things, there, is, there are people that are in offices and fancy buildings and they've got beautiful furniture and they'd love to get you in there, and they'd love to tell you all of their get-rich-quick schemes. They would like to tell you, and really what they want to do is talk you out of your money. <laughs> That's really what they want to do. And, uh, but, but they want to tell you that they've got the best financial plan, and, you know, do this and do that, 401K or something else, you know. I think it's more like um, 101, lose your money. But anyway, uh, there are people that chase after all of these things, and uh, they, I'm telling you that there is no greater financial plan than God's plan. And I haven't even talked about offerings yet. They're just tithes. Tithe and offerings, the book says. But we'll just focus on one subject at the moment. At the moment. So that's simply how tithing works right there. Very simple. Okay? It, this is Sunday school. So if you have a question, you may raise your hand, decent and in order, and I'll be happy to, and no question is considered silly. If you have a genuine, sincere question, I'm more than happy to try. This is open to everybody but Alex Petion. He's, he's not allowed to. He doesn't know how to answer, ask one question. He'll ask me, he'll ask me ten. So you wait till school starts in August, okay? All right, make notes. Okay, good boy, good man. All right, okay, no question. Does that mean you're all very satisfied, or does that mean that not listening. <laughs> okay. All right. <clears throat> so that's the way tithing works. That's that's simple, right to the point. That is the biblical method.
Okay? So, now a pledge. Okay? I want to put the word pledge here. which is what's on the back magnetic board of $100,000 is our goal, okay? You say, man, I don't have no $100,000. Well, neither do I. That's why we're doing this, okay? And um, but that's how this building got built. That's how that building got built. That's how building over there got built. Building up there got built. Building over there got built, okay? Because it's God's plan. We have we're we are little, but our God is big. Okay, and He knows how to help us to do His work. Okay, He knows how to do it. Do you know that it, I believe it's the ant, A N T, the little guy that crawls around your house and trying to get rid of him, spray him all the time and everything. Especially if he's red, the fire ant is definitely trying to get rid of them. And um, so, I'm saying to you that. Um, the ant, I understand, I believe he can lift like 10 times his own weight, something like that, right? 10 times his own weight. It's that little old ant. But you know, the Bible said the ants are a people. That's what it said. The ants are a people. Think about that. Right in your Bible. All right? So, you know, and they can, each one of them can lift eight times their own weight. I've never really seen an ant that was very heavy or held an ant that was very heavy. I don't know, but, but that little light little dude can lift eight times his weight, whatever it is. That's In, in weightlifting, you're doing pretty good if you can lift your own weight. If you weigh 150 pounds and you can bench press 150 pounds, you're doing all right. You're doing pretty good. That, that little ant can only do 150. He can do eight times that. That's like 1,200 pounds. That little ant. Open it up. Okay? All right. So the ants are people. And yet it said they're not strong. Yet they sure know how to get the harvest together. How to work. They know how to put it together. So a pledge, I want to make it clear, is non-binding. So you say, well, what do you mean by that? What I mean by that is everybody makes a pledge to try to give towards the goal. Everybody gets, we'll call it 30 days for whatever you pledge. And if you're not able to do it, you're still welcome here. We still love you. Okay? It just simply means that you're asking God to help you, that you're trying to pledge. Okay, a certain amount of money towards the goal, and you're praying and believing, and we're praying and believing that you're going to be able to meet your pledge. Okay, so if your pledge is a dollar and you can't get your dollar, I'll probably tell you you're a little lazy. You should have gone and mowed your friend's, your neighbor's yard, okay, or something like that. But you understand what I'm saying. If you were to pledge a thousand dollars and you couldn't get it, there's no bad feeling, and nobody's trumpeting that, did you know Sister So-and-so didn't bring her pledge? We don't do that, okay? Don't get on the mic and do that, all right? We don't do that at all. Uh, neither do we hope that you won't come and expect us to 
blow the trumpet that you brought your 15 cents of pledge. Okay? What we do, we do unto the Lord. Okay? What you do in secret, God will, will reward thee openly. Right? You let God take care of that. So uh, we're going to try to probably sing a little bit because it would probably be a good thing right now. And, uh, and then we're going to uh, probably take our morning offering. You have to admit, you know, you come here, most of you come here every Sunday and hopefully more services than that. And I've, I've been here since 1975 and we only take one offering per, per service. And I've been told about some places they take about seven or eight. Okay. <laughs> I like the way you did that, girl. That was good. That was good. <coughs> um. I also heard that in between taking the offerings, they're outside smoking, so I don't know. Maybe, maybe that's why there's a little gap between the offerings, you know. So I'm not, I, I've been told some things, but uh, I'm simply telling you that we're sincere in what we do, and we believe the Word of God, and I'm trying to keep out the blessings of the Lord. And if you want to see your life blessed, and uh, you want to, and not only the blessing of God helping you in your life financially, um, helping you with clothes on your back and food on your table, uh, but also that there is this thing called health. It's very nice for the Lord. You know, I, I've been in the church, I told you, over 40 years, and I like to thank God for my health. I sure like to call on his name when I'm feeling not so good. But I got to tell you, I've had a whole, the scale is whoop like that. Because I've had a whole lot of good health. And what's the old saying? Healthy as a horse. I'm just trying not to get as big as one. <laughs> Try not to eat so much. But um, I am saying to you that, uh, that we want to remember what he said about the blessings that come from heaven. And the, even he can bring them up from the, from the beneath. And that the Lord has so many good things in store. I'd like you to remember first and foremost what I said, the blessing of salvation is the priority. Okay? And uh, you, you get that. You repent of your sins. And we'll baptize you in the name of Jesus Christ. And he's going to give you the gift of the Holy Ghost. And he's going to set your feet on a solid rock. He's going to start laying the steps for you, you know, so you can, uh, you can make it to that place called heaven. That's where the blessings are designed to bring you, to that place called heaven. But there are many, many things from Romans to Revelation that are teaching to the congregation, the church, the body of Christ, okay? And this is one of those things. And I'm telling you, I have people that could stand up and testify for a long time and tell you how much that over the years the Lord has blessed them. And I'm one of those people. And when I came to the church, I didn't have two nickels to rub together. Matter of fact, I probably didn't have two pennies to rub together. Uh, I remember my pastor telling he lived through the Depression as a preacher. And uh, he said that you could send a postcard anywhere in the world, Mr. Mailman, for a penny. And then he looked at me and he said, but who had a penny? I remember my pastor's wife, who's now 90, will be 96 this year, 
September and uh, in a nursing home. And she said one year, I believe she said that the tithing for the whole year was $127. What's that, 50 cents a day? You know, that's not much to live on. But they were faithful for God. And I was with him on the day. I mean, millions of dollars had gone through had gone through it in churches. The Lord. You'd be but with a little and then we can't get so building next door, twenty thousand square feet. Putting in a, out of the in of the sand. All paid for to do that. Then we built the building right in. Cement, all the uh, foundation, in other words. Everything, all the windows up to this point, the end of those things begin to they've had down on us that are right now going to be a little bit more. Uh, I had a guy next to me the other day, and he said, Preacher! He said, What's up to get in that building? Shovel over the breaking in. He does! Can I take the first shovel full out before you ask me that? You know. So here we are, this far down the road, and we've just gone through a year waiting our beloved GUA, Glades Utility Authority. And, uh, but they did it, and they paid for it. Time to just take that back and do in your mouth, your hands, and thank God. And uh, they did it, and not on ours. A miracle in my book. So I went um, a long way, and we have other buildings in other towns and churches are going on services right now. So we have much to be thankful for. And while we can, let us do it. And all you have to do is, by faith, make your pledge. Nobody's putting your you in handcuffs, you know, or something like that. It'll be between you and God, and that's how that works, okay? And we do love you, and we do appreciate you, and I know that this is not an ordinary Sunday morning, but who wants ordinary anyway? I'm for extraordinary. All right. And I, I want to move, and I know he will. I hope you're ready for the blessing that's going to come to your life in your faithfulness, and he will do it. Believe me, he will do it. Everybody said amen. amen. And we're ready. Okay. I thought she might be there. Yeah.